you a Merry Christmas. This cast will probably come out pretty close to Christmas. Yeah. I mean, we don't really the have... Violent Night one. Do we do like a Christmas... We, we've never done like a Christmas episode, you know, of the cult pop cast. That's true. And I don't think we've really ever covered Christmas, like a Christmas movie or show. We can do, well, that's what the Violent Night one is going to be. Oh. Yeah. Today we're going to do a Christmas spirited episode. Yeah. Covering, just because we've already covered everything else for Marvel in Phase 4, along with the I Am Groot well, we've done short series. And the special presentation, uh, Werewolf by Night. Today we're doing another special presentation that just came out last week for Christmas, for the holiday season, directed by James Gunn and written by James Gunn. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which takes place in the timeline of the MCU a little bit later, I think, after Guardians 2, after Avengers Endgame. Groot's a little bit bigger, a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Yeah, he's like buff Groot. Yeah. It's like high school Groot. I guess that's Groot's son. Oh, it's not considered Groot? It's not the actual Groot that it was. It's like the son of Groot. And so he's a, he's got a different personality and he's got a different kind of physique. Which I, you know, whatever. I'm not really into this physique. I liked the original Groot from Guardians 1. That's the Groot that I like Well, it's the most. been different every time we've seen him now. Like I he know. was skinnier. I'm sure he'll look like regular Groot in a couple movies. I uh, hope he keeps growing, yeah. Anyway. He's a, he's a growing tree. Yeah, so we're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And I think the question on everybody's mind is, does it matter? <laughs> is it worth watching? One thing I will say is I have heard many people watch this or say that they have watched this and then started immediately watching Guardians 1 again right after it. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. There probably was a surge of like Guardians of the Galaxy number one being played because the one thing that this does well it does capture a lot of the feeling that the first guardians of the galaxy had. And it also played with a lot of the ideas that were in that movie, like young Peter Quill encountering the ravagers for the first time. Uh, his love for Kevin Bacon and the dance off was a referenced in this. It plays with the dynamic of his love for Gamora and the dynamic between the team itself they were all kind of homages to the first movie and there there is stuff from the second movie as well but there is only one reason i think that this matters and is worth watching and is worth doing an episode on (laughs) and it is kevin bacon (laughs) spoilers from this moment (laughs) kevin bacon no is the fact that they reveal that mantis is the sister of star lord and that is canon and this is canon was she not understood to be Kurt Russell's daughter in two? I, I don't think people put that together. They just kind of thought that she was like his um, like assistant kind of person who right. he keeps around. Interesting. Yeah. Ego. Yep. But no, so this is a uh, Marvel Studios special presentation in the same vein of Werewolf by Night and other kinds of things that we'll, we'll be getting. Essentially, these are short films, but they're longer than short films. They're about an hour long. So they're essentially, instead of a whole series, it's just one episode, essentially, of like a Marvel Studios television series. It's just one episode alone by itself. It's a special presentation. 
um, instead of it being like a series of six to nine episodes. And Werewolf by Night, I thought, really worked. It leaves you wanting more, which is exactly what you want in a TV series, but you don't get more. You you kind of only have what you have, and it makes that one thing more meaningful. And it's kind of cool because it's still a feature-length episode or a feature-length movie, but it's shorter. It's not 90 minutes. It's like 60 minutes. So, yeah, really, really cool idea. And this one was, I think, around 50 or 49 or 45 minutes, which, again, the cutoff for short film is 40. So anything past 40 is feature length. And so this is like a very small little snippet into the Guardians' lives after Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. And the setup is that they bought Nowhere from the Collector yeah. after the events of the last two Avengers films. And so they sett- they're settling down here after traveling around with Thor a little bit and they're settling down and kind of calling this place like their home base and they're still trying to answer calls distress calls and be the guardians of the galaxy they're trying they're a team that bands together and and attacks difficulties when the need arises evildoers yep was this the first time we'd seen Cosmo no, it's not the first time we've seen Cosmo, but it is the first time you've heard Cosmo. Right. And they gave her they gave her more lines or him. I don't know whether it's supposed to be her or him. It's played by the girl from Bodies 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 and Yeah. The new Borat. Borat. Yeah. Um but it's the first time you've heard it. They give her more lines than they did to Rocket. <laughs> yeah, this movie is mostly Drax and uh Mantis. Mantis. Yeah, and the whole idea is Mantis wants to do something nice for her brother because she doesn't know he doesn't know that she's his sister. And so she decides to go to Earth and kidnap and bring back Kevin Bacon, who's the greatest hero of all time in the way that Peter framed it in Guardians 1. And Drax goes along with, to help her and they go to Kevin Bacon's house in Los Angeles and kidnap him and bring him all the way to nowhere under uh, Mantis's mind control spell that she casts. And um, Peter Quill sees that and flips out. And um, yeah, that's about it. And then and at a certain point, Mantis apo- apologizes and she tells Chris Pratt that she's his sister. And he's like, that's the best Christmas gift I ever could have received. And it's a very heartwarming moment. But I thought it was really good. I, I it wasn't anything insanely special. I probably watch it again if I ever rewatch all through what Marvel's done in Phase Four. But yeah, I was you know it was, it was neither here nor there for me. In the great work of James Gunn, it it's more middling. I liked the entirety of Peacemaker a lot more than this. Yeah, but it was heartwarming and it did have the Christmas vibes when when nowhere lights up and they, there's just lights everywhere, Christmas lights everywhere, and mm-hmm. everyone's exchanging weird ass gifts that that was kind of cool you know the spirit was there and then they had the old 97s who's kind of like a popular just rock rock band yeah um they were dressed up as aliens and they had this really funny christmas song that they played and uh the beginning that that retold a lot of the events of christmas and uh mixed in some stuff with the lore of the guardians of the galaxy and yeah it was really cute and i i i did enjoy it there's a couple interesting things, though, coming out of this that I think are, in my opinion, worth talking about more. 
the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer finally came out that we got to see last Thursday, which is the Thursday after this Christmas special came out, holiday special came out. And that trailer was pretty cool. And I think we're gearing up for some cool stuff to see in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I think will be a lot more meaningful than this was. You see the team in matching uniforms. It looks like you're going to see the origins of Rocket Raccoon. It seems like they're setting him up for a possible death or something or send off. You Chris, know? Chris Pratt or no, Rocket. Rocket. Yeah, I think it looks like there's a send off or a possible death for a lot of the characters. Um, I think actually we've already heard James Gunn say some of the characters may not make it through this movie. Is this his final Guardian? This is, yeah, this is James Gunn's final Guardians of the Galaxy. And it is known that by the end of this movie, we will not see the same team of this this team of Guardians of the Galaxy going forward. There'll be a, if if there is a future for the Guardians of the Galaxy, there'll be an entirely new team and new wow. new new stuff going forward. So gotcha. Yeah, I Rocket could not make it. There was a, there was a shot where Chris Pratt was passed out in Drax's arms or something being carried, so he could not make it. Nebula, maybe. <laughs> Nebula's a badass and everybody loves her. I think she'll stay around. Uh the 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 strange time hopping stuff with Gamora and and how the only Gamora that exists now is the one that was like has no relationship with 3 Chloe. to five, 5 years or 6 years in the past yeah. and it has no relationship or knowledge of Peter Quill and you know he's still in love with her. I I that's the thing that I think is most interesting to me going into the movie, especially with Zoe Saldana and how amazing she is as an actress and she she just looks kick-ass in the in the trailer i'm super excited to see what happens with that relationship and our first look at adam warlock yes the golden boy yeah will poulter as adam warlock i am pumped because adam warlock is he's not an anti-hero but he's simultaneously a hero and a threat to the uh, marvel universe in the comics because he's super powerful so yeah, I think there's a lot of cool stuff to see going forward. And there's a lot of other Guardians of the Galaxy characters that join the team that we have not seen yet. Uh, another big one is Nova. It'd be cool if they introduced Nova. I don't know if we'll see him, but um, yeah, he's a great character that also could be like a leader of the team going forward. Yeah. What else? There was one other thing. And, and the music that they used in that trailer was really cool. Got me really excited. Yeah, I can't remember what it was either, but I looked it up because I liked it. Oh, in the meantime, or in the meanwhile, yeah, by someone that, that band. Yeah, good track. Um, yeah, and the other thing to talk about is there is a rumor just re- recently put out that because of all the feedback from fans and their kind of negative reviews of some of the stuff that's come out in phase four. There's a rumor that the executives and Disney and everyone in charge at Marvel are going to reassess and focus more on, on less. Yeah. And quality (laughs) over quantity going forward. That's great news. Yeah. (laughs) It is potentially really great news. And so, yeah, there's that also. So, Maybe we'll see more special presentations instead of full series, which I think will be great. Thanks, Bob Iger. Yeah. Good to have you. <laughs> yeah. 
There was also a recent, we haven't talked about this yet, but there was a recent CEO change at Disney. The person that I have been really, really not enjoying, Bob Chapek, who tried to take over during the pandemic after Bob Iger was already planned to step down and retire, didn't fill in so well for Bob Iger, and recently was terminated from his position of CEO of Disney. Excommunicado. Along with a lot, not just him, but a lot of people that were, have been with Disney for a long time have also exited after the. I thought JPEG also took out a lot of Iger loyalists before he was canned. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of people that were JPEG loyalists that have also not lasted. Sucks to be a loyalist. Yeah. True. Just have no loyalties. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. I like the theory that the whole thing was, uh. (laughs) <laughs> set up by Disney so that Chapek could make some hard business decisions and then Iger could come back and like not change Chapek's decisions but have the legacy of Disney be you know resumed. Yeah, so the person that was the CEO before Bob Chapek, Bob Iger, I know there are two Bobs, might be a little confusing, but Bob Iger came back and is now back as acting CEO for the next 2 years and hopefully making some positive changes for Disney as we move forward. Yeah, really interesting moves, and and we'll see what happens with Disney. Yeah, going forward, we will see. So that is what's happening with Disney. That's what's happening with Marvel. That's what's happening with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think we've already said this, but James Gunn, along with Peter Safran, yeah, are now the acting um, people in charge like Kevin Feige, the executive producers of what will become the DC universe. So James Gunn is uh, saying goodbye to the Marvel for now. And he's going to be in charge of just like Kevin Feige is all of DC moving forward. What's left of it. And he says like their official, you know, launch of like what will happen in the DC universe will start to take place in 2025. And that right now he's trying to give advice and, make changes to the existing DC films that have not aired yet, not been dropped in the theaters. So they're trying to somehow bring it all together and then all the new stuff will start taking place in 2025 and we'll be seeing a lot of changes and a more cohesive uh, DC universe going forward. Fingers crossed. I'm excited about that because I'm a huge Batman, Superman, Green Lantern fan, uh, big Justice League fan so I'm really pumped. I actually like DC characters more than Marvel characters, but we just have not seen good movies yet um, in a cohesive way. Anyway, so that's what's happening in the James Gunn, Marvel, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Guardians of the Galaxy universe right now. Yeah, the and scoop. That's the scoop. We'll see you next time on whatever podcast comes after this. And here's uh, that old 97s track. Maybe. Yeah. Out on the third planet closest to the sun, there's a special celebration and it sounds quite fun. A jolly old fellow brings toys to everyone on a holiday they call Christmas. Now I'm not gonna lie, it makes no sense to me, but here's what Earthlings told me about this Christmas mystery. Santa is a furry freak with epic superpowers. He flies to every human home in under 14 hours. He's 
a master burglar A pro at picking locks If you don't leave milk and cookies out He will put dung in your socks If you act nicely through the night And don't jump on your bed Santa comes with sugar plums And hurls them at your head But if you're on his naughty list He shoots missiles at your toes He might just roast your chestnuts With his powerful flamethrower Rain, 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 rain Dear, 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 dear I don't know what Christmas is But Christmas time is here Elves to do his every wish Once sought to be a dentist Now he's sleeping with the fish Mrs. Claus, she works the pole Plans her man's demise Soon the elves will all rise up And stab out Santa's eyes Ho, 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 ho Earthlings are so I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here Ho, 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 ho Earthlings are so weird I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here What the heck's a turtle dove? And who lit up that deer? Christmas time is here